Hey, Black Rock Church, let me introduce myself. My name's Kevin Butterfield, and I'm the newest staff member here at Black Rock Church. I was just voted in this week at the annual meeting, and I am the pastor of Students and Young Adult Ministry. Many of you uh, knew me when I was previously on staff here at Black Rock for nine years working in the youth ministry department. And then we moved to Australia where we're lead pastors there. We moved back in 2015 to America, and now we're back on staff and excited to be part of Black Rock in the next season of Next Generation's ministry ministries. It's also my privilege for the next few weeks uh, to be doing a preaching series called Lessons in the Wilderness. For three weeks, we're going to be exploring uh, some lessons in the wilderness. This wilderness uh, metaphor throughout scripture is a place where God meets people in special and unique ways. Well, we get to also do this outdoors because we lost power this week and we get to actually record this message in some form of wilderness, uh, which is an amazing thing to do, that we get to be outside as we get to do this, at least for this week. My first wilderness experience was when I was six years old. I don't know, remember why or why I was mad at my parents, but I got upset at my parents. I grew up in Trumbull and I walked outside my backyard and went off into an acre and a half of woods, uh, was part of our back lot. And and uh, can I tell you, it was a wilderness experience. I had no food. I, had, I brought no extra clothing with me. I didn't have shelter. I didn't have a sleeping bag. Uh, I didn't know where I was. I didn't have a compass or anything like that. It was a really rough experience. It, in fact, it was the worst 45 minutes of my life up to that point. Well, as you know, all of us experience some level of wilderness experience in life. So we're going to explore for the next few weeks, what is the wilderness according to scriptures and how did God use it? And what lessons does God have for us in those wilderness seasons that we can apply to our life uh, right here, right now, today? If you have your Bibles, I'd love to have you turn with me to the book of Mark, to the gospel of Mark chapter one. We're going to start with verse nine and it says this, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended to him. So there's two things I want you to notice in this. The first thing is, is that after Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God actually led Jesus out into a wilderness where he was there for 40 days being tempted by Satan. There's two passages or there's two things in this passage that I want you to notice. This, this metaphor or this symbolism or the reality of the wilderness that the Spirit of God led Jesus out into and then for 40 days. The wilderness throughout Scripture, uh, including the Old Testament, was a place where God met with people in a very profound way. 
where lessons were learned, where nations were formed, where identity was formed in very unique ways. The wilderness was a place of isolation. It was a place of depletion. It was a place of formation. You can think of it in this way. You know, Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness before God led him back to Egypt to lead God's people out of Egypt, where they spent 40 years in the wilderness learning to trust and put their hope in God. You see the wilderness experiences that even Elijah had. Elijah went through a 40-day wilderness journey as well, where God was forming his identity in new ways. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And so this wilderness experience throughout Scripture you see is a place where God meets with people in tough times, in places of isolation and depletion, often discouragement uh, and just hardship, where God would reveal himself to people in unique and powerful ways. And we see this in the story of Jesus. And then this idea of 40, 40 days, 40 years. Um, we say that with, with Noah, spending 40 days and nights in rain and then 40 days and nights on the ark, we see that um, the 12 spies were sent to check out Canaan for 40 days. We see that Elijah went on this journey with God for 40 days as well. This theme about 40 was always about a season of formation, but also transition and completion. And so we see Jesus here in this passage being led by the Spirit of God out into the wilderness for 40 days to be with God. And what can we learn from those times, from those places that we can apply to our life? We're going to look at four words over the next three weeks that I believe that God has a purpose and a plan for us in wilderness seasons. God always has a strategy and a plan for drawing us to be more like him, closer to him, and walking with him in profound and powerful ways in life. And so these four words that we're going to look over the next three weeks are the words identity, intimacy, dependency, and authority. Those, I think, are four words that mark the lessons that God has for us in our own wilderness times and experiences. So I I hope you join me when the first uh, thing we're going to look at today is that word identity. You can see that the purpose that God has for Jesus and then for us in this wilderness season is to shape and to form our identity. If you look at that passage um, um, or this account of Jesus in the wilderness, in the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke chapter 4, we can see this. Starting with verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan River and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. You know, 40 days without eating, of course you're hungry at the end of them. And this is what the devil said to him. He said to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. We're going to look a little bit more at that next week, but I want you to to notice something here because God has a plan for Jesus in the wilderness. God has a design and a desire and a dream for Jesus in the wilderness, but the enemy has a plan too. God has desires and dreams for us in those wilderness seasons to produce something 
in us, but the enemy does too. The enemy tries to use wilderness seasons uh, as a way of distraction or um, as a way of, uh, of depletion, as a way of, of bringing us into a place where we're actually facing some form of destruction in our soul, calling, and purpose. Where God wants to form life in us, the enemy is always looking to steal it. And the first thing that Satan does when Jesus is alone in this wilderness after not eating was not just the temptation of turning rocks into um, turning rocks into bread, but it starts here. This first word that Satan throws at Jesus is this word, if. If you are the son of God. The enemy starts by tempting and attacking Jesus' identity. Now you can see that we read through this passage already, but this is really important because to start Jesus' journey into the wilderness came with his baptism, the beginning of his ministry. And if you look at this, what we read in Mark, it says that Jesus came out of the water and the voice from heaven of the Father God speaking over Jesus as the Holy Spirit descends on him. God says something really, really profound. He says to Jesus, you are my son. You are my son whom I'm loved. Some translations say, you are my beloved son. With you I'm well pleased. Some translations say, I take great delight in you as my son. So here is God speaking identity over Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, at the birth of his baptism right there. And he says, you're my kid. You're my beloved son. I delight in you. He said that not only for Jesus, but for all who are listening. And the first thing that the enemy attacks and tempts and tries to distract uh, Jesus and delay Jesus' journey into his calling uh, was to say, if you are the son of God. Can I tell you that it's in those places of the wilderness season that God's desire is to form your identity in deeper ways is to bring a formation that leads to a foundation for you to build the rest of your life on because identity in God is the place that we live from. We live from our identity to our purpose and calling. The enemy knows that. And so the enemy knows that if he can rob us from our true identity in God, that can also derail, delay, distract, or destroy our purpose and calling that God has for our entire life. He knows that about Jesus and he knows that about you. So at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the enemy comes in and sows seeds of doubt into the identity that God has already declared over him and says, if you're the son of God. That actually is the first temptation, I believe. If, if, if Jesus goes, yeah, I'm not really sure if I am. I'm not really sure if I can trust what my father said about me just moments ago in my baptism. I'm not sure who I am in God. Then the enemy would have had a foothold in Jesus' life that could have derailed him from his purpose and calling for the rest of his life. Where God is trying to, in wilderness places, continue to bring formation and foundation in our identity in him. The enemy is looking to bring temptation, distraction, and destruction to our identity. And his plans have never changed. God wants you to know who you are. God wants you to know whose you are. In the same way in the wilderness experience, Jesus was formed in his identity. That's God's heart for you. In places of tough times, in places of testing, in places of temptation, God wants to say over and over and over again to you, you're mine. I love you. I take delight in you. I choose you. I pick you. 
I want you. I have a purpose for your life. I have a plan that's special for you. And I love you. If that's where we find our identity, then all the other temptations of positions and power and success and failure and all the things that our world is chasing after and uses as rewards and awards uh, for identity and worth and value, none of that can compare to hearing our heavenly father declare over us through Christ Jesus, you're my beloved son, you're my daughter, I love you and I'm well pleased with you. And then when the enemy whispers in our ears, God doesn't really love you. Maybe he loves someone else more. Maybe you're not spiritual enough. Maybe you're not religious enough. Maybe you're not perfect enough. Maybe you, you don't go to church enough. You, maybe you've blown it in areas of life. Maybe you're struggling in your own wilderness experience and the enemy is trying to pull you out of your true identity. And God says to you in wilderness places, live from your identity as my beloved son. So the wilderness is a place where we can press into God to hear him continue to say, even in places of isolation and desolation and depletion, say, you're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. And we live from that place, that that is our highest identity. Can I also say this? Often the wilderness experiences in life are places that God reshapes and refines our identity in him. In the book of 2 Kings, in chapter 19, you see the story of Elijah where God sends Elijah, like Jesus, into a 40-day wilderness experience. Elijah was a prophet on behalf of the nation of Israel. He was God's spokesperson to the nation of Israel. He, was, he would hear God's voice and speak it out over the nation of Israel to draw them in. He was a lone prophet in that way and God used him in powerful ways. But in, in, in 2 Kings 19, you'll see where Elijah was depressed, he was isolated, he was discouraged, and he was literally being, uh, his life was being attacked um, by Queen Jezebel. He's in a cave and he's complaining to God. In so fact, he was so depressed that he said, God, I wish I was dead. I wish you, I had never been born. And God says, Elijah, eat now, but you're going to go on a 40-day journey and I'm going to meet you at Mount Horeb and I'm going to speak over your life. I'm going to speak to you. And some of you know the story where God, uh, where wind shows up and fire shows up and earthquake shows up and God wasn't in any of that. But then God spoke to Elijah in a still small voice. Some of us have heard that story but most of us don't know what God said. In that time when God spoke to him in a still small voice, he said, where are you? Or why are you here? And he was trying to draw out of Elijah what was going on in his heart. And then God hears Elijah's uh, inner pain and turmoil in his own wilderness experience. And then God says to Elijah, he gives him instructions. He tells him uh, to go back down the mountain and to anoint three specific people. He tells them to anoint them. That means to choose them and, and to put God's calling upon their life. And one of them was a guy named Elisha. Elisha became Elijah's mentor, but really he became a son to Elijah. It was in that place that uh, Elijah chose Elisha and released, uh, scripture says, a double portion of blessing onto Elisha. Do you know that Elisha went on to do twice as many miracles as Elijah? He also was not just a lone prophet. 
Elisha raised up a company of prophets to be God's voice to the world. And you see what happens here. I'm going to explain something to you. I'm going to give you a a little thing. In 2019, the Lord led me to do a 40-day fast. Now, how do I know the Lord led me to do it? Because I can tell you Kevin Butterfield would never choose to do a 40-day fast. You know why? I like food. And I know the enemy didn't tempt me to do a 40-day fast because he knows that when we press into God that much, that good things happen for the kingdom of God and bad things happen to him. And I was pressing into God for 40 days, led by God, and I was asking God for direction. I wanted God to direct my life. I wanted him to tell me, give me answers in next seasons of life and tell me where to go and what to do and how to do it. But in that 40 days, in that wilderness experience of being deprived from food, God started speaking to me about not my future, but about my identity. It was in that place that God was reshaping and reforming, informing my identity, reforming it again for the next season of life. Because it's out of identity that you live. And so I'll, I'll show you what he was saying to me by going back to that passage about Elijah, about Elijah. God told Elijah to anoint these three guys who would do things that Elijah couldn't do. And when I was reading this passage and I'm pressing into God and he's speaking to me through this passage for 40 days, God said to me this, Elijah went up the mountain, a lone prophet, but I sent him down the mountain, a father. And as he fathered Elisha, more happened in Elisha's life than ever in Elijah's life. And then he said this to me, he said, Kevin, you've been a son, You've been a brother, you've been a pastor, you've been a youth pastor, but in this next season of life, I'm asking you to become a father. And a father's job is to empower and equip to release blessing and inheritance for the next generation that they would be able to go farther than you have ever gone, to do more than you've ever done to see more than you've ever seen. And it was in that season that God began to speak to me and he said, Kevin, your identity in me is as a beloved son, but I'm also forming it now to include, I'm asking you to become a spiritual father that invests and spends his life, not on his, just his own calling, but empowering, equipping, and releasing a new generation that will go farther than you've ever imagined. It's in those wilderness places That when we press into God, when we ask God to keep speaking about our identity, just like Jesus, you're my beloved son. Just like us, when we hear the father say, you're my beloved, I delight in you. That when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it says in scripture that we're adopted by God, that we actually are co-heirs with Christ. Let me say this, that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our identity is like Jesus as beloved children of a most high God. But it's also in the wilderness places that he continues to reshape and reform our specific identity, direction, purpose, and calling. Can I encourage you, if you're in a wilderness season right now, I believe that it's God's heart in that season 
to form and give a foundation to who you are in your identity like Christ Jesus. That it will be out of that foundation that you will live your life, that you will find purpose, you will find meaning, and you will see God's purpose and calling for your life being released into the world around you. How do you do that? That's a, that's a big question, but I'll say this. It starts with this. In those wilderness seasons, can I encourage you? Don't be like me asking God for a lot of specific direction. In the wilderness seasons, ask God, God, will you remind me who I am? And will you shape in me the identity that you have for me now? I'm going to wrap this up by saying this. I want to pray for you. I want to release a blessing. But I want to encourage you. Many of us are going through, and in fact, I think the whole world is going through a form of wilderness season right now. And it's what we do in these wilderness seasons that will determine what we're able to carry out of these wilderness seasons. Let me say that again. It's what we do in the wilderness that determines what we're able to carry out of the wilderness season. And there's one thing I know that whatever season you're in right now, and if you're in a wilderness season, God wants to look you in the eyes and he wants to speak over you and say, you're my beloved son and daughter. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you've never called out to God before, if you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, can I encourage you right where you are, just say the simple prayer. Father, I wanna know you. I want to know your purpose and your plan and your identity in my life. I surrender my life to you. I ask that you would forgive me of the times and the places and the sins that I have that have been in rebellion to you. And I want your calling, your purpose, your identity to be released over me. I, I'm trusting you that you created me on purpose and for a purpose. And may I discover that in my identity in you. And if you are a follower of Jesus, if you know you're a son of the Most High God, can I encourage you right now, just remind yourself. Just even ask Jesus, ask the Father right now, just say, Father, would you speak again to me today, afresh, anew? Am I your son? Am I your daughter? And let the Father say, you are my son. You are my daughter. And I delight in you and take pleasure in you. May the Lord form that identity deeper and deeper in our life, that we live from that place, that all the trappings and the temptations and distractions of the world and the enemy will never be able to compare to our Father releasing our identity over ourselves in wilderness experiences and everyday life. You're my son and daughter. I bless you in Jesus' name to know in the deepest recesses of your soul that you are a beloved son and daughter of the most high God. May we delight in our identity as he delights in us. Bless you. Have an amazing week.